الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومطاعنا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ليس عليكم جناح ان تبتغوا فضلا من ربكم صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم التاجر الصدوق الامين مع النبيين والصديقين والشهداء او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم respected ulama ikram elders beloved brothers in islam from a point of view of the solar calendar we are encroaching upon what to many of us is an extremely highly anticipated call it a season or period on the one hand this december january or year end is equated to many with annual vacation with holiday with free time with merry making and the various aspects that are connected to it on the other hand we have that very large tabqa and group that to them this period is a period of anticipated heightened commercial activity this is the time for vepari this is the time to make money this is the time to do business shopkeepers even those in the travel industry there is a hive of anticipation excitement we have to cover up our losses we have to reach our targets we have to reach our goals the question my respected brothers as muslims as people of iman we can never escape one absolute reality where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wa'bud rabbaka hatta ya'tiyaka al-yaqeen allah says worship your rabb worship your rabb in other words there is no chutti there is no vacation there is no up and down there is no season when it comes to the ibadat of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ibadat when we hear the word ibadat first thing comes to the mind is maybe salah or maybe tilawat of quran or maybe zikr or maybe hajj or maybe umrah or maybe zakat but that is a very constricted restricted confined understanding of ibadat ibadat means to submit to the command of allah whether in the masjid or outside the masjid whether in your house or outside the house whether traveling in some foreign country whether it is december january november april 
high season, low season, every season. Ibadat means to submit to Allah's command. What is halal, what is haram. What is the command of Allah that is directed to me as a Muslim, this is not affected by periods. How, for how long must you do it? When is the actual chutti or vacation or, or let off or take your foot off the accelerator? Beautifully, Allah explains in the Quran, Hatta, no chutti, no taking it easy, no vacation. Hatta yatiyakal yaqeen, until yaqeen comes. All of us, we don't have to give a translation. Every one of us knows in this context what does yaqeen mean. Worship Allah until moth and death comes. But Allah doesn't say, Hatta yatiyakal moth. What does Allah say? Hatta yatiyakal yaqeen. What is yaqeen? Means the absolute certainty. No denying. Run as much as you want, hide as much as you want, excuse as much as you want, do whatever you want. There is no denying the absolute certainty and reality that tujhe bhi marna hai aur mujhe bhi marna hai. Every one of us has to die. There's only two lives. In reality, two lives. One is the dunya and the other is akhirat. For a Muslim, he can never escape this. He has to have this in front of him at all times. Dunya, akhirat. And what is the comparison? It's a different matter. Allah forgive us the way we carry on as if dunya is everything. But what is the comparison? What greater example can we present then one incident where Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam beautifully enunciates for us, opens up for us, what is this comparison? Dunya, akhirat. Are you living your life with dunya in front? Are you living your life with akhirat in front? Are you in December a businessman? Are you doing business with your dunya in front or your akhirat in front? You're going for a vacation or holiday. Are you doing it with your dunya in front or akhirat in front? As a Muslim, there is no chutti. There is no let off. There is no reprisal, no reprieve from this. Dunya or akhirat, and what is the comparison? Coming back to this incident I was about to mention. Once Rasulullah is passing by a rubbish heap. Now, there's an expression in Arabic, they say, Nafisu taba. When a person has a very, very clean and a pure, when he has a very clean and a pure essence about him, then naturally, bad smells, foul smells, dirt, naturally, somebody who is Nafisu taba, pure internally, will have an aversion to this. He'll stay very far away from that. More nafisut taba, more pure than Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We can't possibly find. Yet, what does Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi do? He approaches this rubbish heap, stinking, stench, and in it there is a goat which has died. Its body body is rotting, and not just rotting. Comes in the riwayat, bijadyin asakkamayyat. Its ear is cut off. 
In other words, this animal is defective. When it was alive also, it had very minimal value. Amongst, if you had to categorize it with other goats, this would be one of very inferior value if it was alive. But now it is dead. And not just dead, the body is rotting, stench, a corpse. Germs, insects, worms are crawling in it. You can imagine the scene. Nafisut Taba, pure personality, like Rasulullah bends down and picks this animal up. And then he turns around to Sahaba and he says to them, Ayyukum yuhibbu annahadha lahu bidirham. Oh my Sahaba, any one of you would be interested in purchasing this animal for one dirham. <clears throat> now when you offer something, you want somebody to part with his money. Ask any astute businessman, you're going to offer something valuable. You don't offer something that people have an aversion to. Yet, Rasulullah is offering something stinking, rotting, decaying corpse of a goat or a sheep which was already defective. So the natural instinct of Sahaba, مَا نُحِبُّ أَنَّهُ لَنَا بِشَيْنِ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Ya Rasulullah. If someone gave us this for free, also we won't take it. Forget parting with our one dirham, with our wealth. Rasulullah didn't know this. He knew this. He knew no one will want, no one, naturally anyone will have an aversion to this. But there was a sabah. There was a lesson, there was a message that had to be delivered. And what was the message? He goes through this entire exercise. So that this message is entrenched in the heart. There's no escaping it. What is the message? Sadiqul Mastuq. The seven heavens, the seven earths can come to an end. Let the media, let the schools, let the universities, let the so-called intelligentsia of this world and the academia of this world portray this dunya in whatever light they want. Compared to my master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from inside my iman, your iman, the iman of every believer, is that every one of them is a liar. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is the one who spoke the truth. And what does he say? Wallahi, maddunya, ahwanu ala Allahi, min hadha alaykum. Oh my sahaba, dunya akhirat, December is coming. How are you going to spend that December in your business with your dunya in front or your akhirat in front? December is coming, you're going for holiday. How is that holiday or vacation going to be spent with your dunya in front or akhirat in front? Ask yourself this question. You got, this is a period where a lot of nikahs take place, wedding functions take place, different gatherings take place. Everyone ask themselves this question. Whatever I am about to do now, because there is no escaping mort, there is no escaping death, there is no escaping the reality of akhirat. Ask yourself the question, whatever you are doing, are you doing it with your dunya in front or akhirat in front? And if your dunya is in front, then bring this example in front of you. What does my master sallallahu alayhi wa say? He says, I take an oath on Allah. I take an oath on Allah. More valueless and greater aversion than you have for this dead rotting corpse, Allah has for this dunya. This dunya has no value. Mad dunya fil he said this dunya, the glitter, the glamour, the lights, everything in front of you in this world, compared to the akhirat is what? Normally how we translate this hadith, you take your finger, put in the ocean, lift it up, 
Then they say the droplet of water is the dunya, the ocean is akhirat. Just imagine this. Durban, mashallah, not like the Transvalas, like, like this Durban, the Durban beaches become like Makkah with fervor. They're coming here like they're coming to visit the Kaaba as if something is running away. You've got the sea right on your doorstep. So take the trouble, obviously, not to go and do wrong, but go to see Allah's Qudrat. Look at that rising waves of the ocean. Look at the vastness of Allah's ocean. Look as far as you can see water in every direction. Look at this massive creation of Allah, this ocean. And then visualize this example that my master sallallahu alayhi wasallam gave. What example? He said, not drop of water because when you put your finger in the water and lift it up, the droplet doesn't remain. What remains is a little bit of wetness. My master sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, this entire dunya, Compared to akhirat is like the wetness, not even that, mad dunya. Like the wetness that remained on my finger, that is the dunya. This entire ocean is akhirat. This entire ocean is akhirat. And there it will be one of two groups only. Fariqun fil jannah wa fariqun fil One group jannah, one group jahannam. Jannah. Time is limited, Juma. I haven't even come to my topic yet. But, Jannat, Allahu Akbar. How sm- what small, simple example that we can give. Mafum of the riwayat. Our Master Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, What is Jannat? He said, If something, if something, the size of a fingernail, Mafum of the riwayat, fingernail, how big is a fingernail? Plate of grass is bigger than a fingernail. Droplet of water is bigger than the fingernail. My master sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that if some, something from Jannah, the size of a fingernail is brought into this world, the whole world will light up. And the whole world will be fragranced. Imagine this. What is the comparison? There is no comparison between dunya and akhirat. But what is the problem facing you and I? If someone were to say, if someone were to extrapolate on this hadith, take it further, and say that dunya compared to akhirat is like a grain of sand compared to the mountain, that example would be correct. But take it one step further, where does the problem come? The problem comes is sometimes when the grain of sand goes in the eye. There's a whole mountain in front of you. There's a huge mountain in front of you. Everest is in front of you. Uhad is in front of you. Himalayan mountain is in front of you. But the one grain of sand has gone into the eye. What happens? Now you can't see that whole mountain. This one grain of sand has blotted your vision to something that is so huge in front of you. This is where the problem lies. When this dunya gets into the heart, when the glitter and glamour and the glitter and attraction of it gets into the heart, then that janaza has no reminder for us. That qabristan has no reminder for us. That azan is no reminder for us. The glitter and glamour of this world is no longer a reminder. Why? The eyes are blocked. The black grain of sand has blocked everything. The little shop, or that bank balance, or that fancy car, or that Hugo Boss suit, or that fancy five-star holiday, or that glittering five-star hotel, or whatever it may be, that grain of sand has blinded your vision to this huge mountain in front of you. Such ahadis, such warnings, 
such examples does it mean that you and i now because december is coming we must sit in the masjid close the shop close the business don't go no doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that what do these examples mean what do these analogies mean what is the message for you and i does shariat advocate don't do business don't do dunya no Shariat advocates with such examples. These are directly addressed to you and I, to a businessman, to a shopkeeper, to a laborer, to someone who is pursuing dunya. That do your dunya, but do it with your akhirat in front. Shariat, the teachings of my master. Such examples are not close the shop. Why? If you look at other hadith, someone came. Rifa bin Rafi radiyallahu ta'ala anhu He asked Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Ayyul kasbi atyab Ya Rasulullah Everyone has to earn in this world Everyone has to earn in this world What is the purest Highest form of earning Chanda, someone gives you a donation Is that the highest form of earning Someone helps you out financially Is that the highest form of earning Inheritance, is that the highest form of earning? Ayyul kasbi atyab. What is the purest and the most noblest and the highest form of earning? What does Rasulullah say on the one side? He said, dunya compared to akhirat is not a grain, not even a droplet of water. On the same side, on the other hand, the same. Master wasallam says, there is nothing, nothing, nothing more, more purer. There is no greater earning more purer. What? But... Amalur rajuli biyadeh, your own effort, effort that you made in the dunya. Wa kullu mabrur, and every business transaction that is mabrur, there is nothing that is purer than that. Nothing that is purer than that. One sahabi, Saad bin Mu'az radiallahu ta'ala anhu, is sitting in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because of years of rigor and effort. Sahaba of Medina, Saad bin Mu'az was an Ansari. Sahaba of Medina generally were farmers. They used to till the field, toil on the field physically. So the, his hands had become emaciated. Skin was hard. Allah's Rasul sallallahu looked at his hands and said, Saad. How did your hands come like this? What happened? He explained, Ya Rasulullah, perhaps pulling the rope, toiling in the field, working to put halal food in front of his family, earning, seeking dunya. That is how the hands had become emaciated. In an arm majlis, arm majlis. What does my master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam do? He takes the hands of Saad bin Mu'az. Brings it to his Mubarak lips, kisses the hands of Saad bin Mu'az, and he says that that skin and that hand that has become emaciated like this because of putting halal food in front of your family, Allah has made the fire of Jahannam haram on these hands. Allah has made the fire of Jahannam haram on these hands. A personality like Umar. Because the question I raise, the Shariat. Say, close the shop, don't do business, don't do vepari, don't do tijarat. No. Omar radiallahu ta'ala anhu is that personality. Allahu Akbar. My Nabi said, Omar. If there had to be a Nabi after me, if there had to be a Nabi after me, it would have been Omar. That kind of understanding, that kind of intelligence, that kind of perception of shariat. Yet, 
Allahu Akbar. What does Omar say? Look at his understanding. In front of him was all these examples of the dead corpse and the dead goat. Example of dunya compared to akhir. All this was in front of him. Yet, he says, he says, if I was given a choice, لَيْسَ لِي مَكَانٌ أَحَبَّ إِلَيَّ مِنْ أَنْ يَأْتِيَنِي أَجَلِي بَعْدَ الْجِهَادِ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ If it was said to me, Omar, we are not going to give you mort in the path of Allah. We are not going to give you mort in the path of Allah. Choose any other type of death. What death would I have chosen? What death would I have chosen? Omar, kan kol kar sun lena. Kan kol kar sun lena. Listen with the ears of Iman. Listen with understanding. Look at the perception of Omar. If he says, if I was given a choice, Omar, you are not going to get mort in the path of Allah. What other death would you choose? What does Omar say? I would choose to die in a masjid. I would choose to die in sajda. I would choose to die in ibadat. I would choose to be making salah, making sajda in front of Hajar-e-Aswad, in front of the Kaabatullah. I would choose to die in that condition. No, what does Omar say? He says, if I was told that you are not going to die in the path of Allah, I would choose that Allah must take my mort, take my soul in the marketplace while I am buying and selling to earn halal. Omar! This is not made up. Omar says this. Where did they get this understanding from? Man amsa kaalan bi amali yadehi amsa magfuran lahu. My Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that ordinary laborer, that man working in your shop, he wants to earn halal. He doesn't want to stretch his hand out to anyone. He's tiring himself. He's putting up with your insults. He's putting up with the paltry wage that you give you, that you give him. But he has iman dari. He has sachai. He has amanat dari. He has integrity. He has honesty. He tires himself from morning till night to earn halal. You give him his wage at the end of the month. What does my Allah give him? My Nabi say at the end of every day, Allah wipes away all the sins of this person. Maghfuran lahu. Maghfuran lahu. He is completely forgiven by Allah. So such examples, occasion of Juma time is very limited. Such examples, my respected brothers, are not there to discourage us from trade and commerce. Islam does not discourage you from trade and commerce. Islam encourages you. Islam wants you al yadul ulya khayru min al yadi sufla the spending hand, the hand above. My Nabi said he's better than the hand that receives. Islam, look at Sahaba, Sahaba in the in Sahaba who are the top ten V V I P of Sahaba. One majlis, one majlis. My Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, Sahaba, this is our iman, ijma of the ummah, consensus of the ummah. Among Sahaba, there is no one higher than this from the galaxy of more than one hundred and twenty-four thousand Sahaba who are the highest Sahaba. One majlis, my Nabi said. Abu Bakr fil Jannah, Omar fil Jannah, Osman fil Jannah, Ali fil Jannah, Talha fil Jannah, Zubair, Zubair fil Jannah, Saad bin Abi Waqqas fil Jannah, Abu Ubaidah bin Jarrah fil Jannah, Abdurrahman bin Awf fil Jannah, Saeed bin Zaid Abu Al-Awar fil Jannah, Jannati, 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 Top 10! Every one of them, history bears witness, Every one of the top ten, the cream, creme de la cream, the creme, the highest of sahaba, every one of them was a businessman. And not just ordinary business, not just ordinary business. Tahqiq was done by one institute in Pakistan. They went through 
the books of history to establish what was the wealth of these Sahaba. Juma is no time for me to go into detail. What was the wealth of these Sahaba? Abu Bakr, it was established, owned 40,000 coins of silver. Those that trade in silver in today's market, what is the value of one coin? One silver coin. Abu Bakr, no, no personality after Ambiya higher than him. He was a businessman. At one stage, his net worth was 40,000 coins of silver. I'm not talking about Usman, radiallahu. I'm not talking about, about Abdurrahman bin Auf, radiallahu. Abdurrahman bin Auf, Allahu Akbar. When he passed away, historically recorded what was the inheritance that he left behind. Three billion. 3 billion, 103 million coins of gold, 1,000 camels, 1,000 horses, 10,000 sheep, and tracks upon tracks upon tracks of land. Such wealth, such business did not in any way become an obstacle for this Sahabi to be in the top 10. Top 10 of Jannah. Shariat does not dissuade these examples of the valuelessness of dunya is not there to say close up your shop and live like a hermit and go into the mountain. That is not what is advocated. What is advocated? Do business with your akhirat in front. Do business that is halal. Do business that conforms to the principles of Shariat and save yourself from the bag door, the pride, the arrogance, the looking down upon others, trying to outdo one another, running behind this dunya as if there is no akhirat. As if there is no akhirat. One hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Beautifully, these two choices, where do you fall, are given to us. Like I said, time is limited, I'm not going to go into detail, but... Man dunya halalan. My Nabi in this hadith is not talking about one chore, one thief. Today, mashallah, many people, Allah forgive us, more often than not, Muslims too. Allah forgive us. Outwardly in the marketplace, they look like sheep, but in reality they are wolves. Cunning, eating up the haq and rights of others. My Nabi in this hadith is not talking about such a person. Who is he talking about? He's talking about a businessman whose earning is 100% halal. Man talabat dunya halalan. Man talabat dunya halalan. He says this businessman is earning halal, but, but what is his intention? One, mukathiran, mufakhiran, murayan. Why is he earning? He's not, he's not cheating, he's not lying, he's not deceiving, he's not in riba, it is halal, 100% halal, but, his intention is to boast. His intention is to show off. His intention is to look down upon others. His intention is to assert his pride and arrogance. Like some of us, people, people that are working for us, what we want? We want them to salute. Salute you when you come. Or greet you with great respect. Otherwise you get upset. I'll fire you. I'll do this to you. I'll do that to you. Pagal. That man is not saluting you. What is he saluting? He's saluting the car you drive. He's saluting how big your bank balance is. He's saluting the big palace that you have erected. Is that respect? Insan ke qeemat bar ke samaya se nahi bante hai. You are not valuable because of what is outside. Allah's qasam, you are valuable because of what is inside. Value is on sifat. 
Value is on attributes. Value is on quality. Your humility will give you value. Your taqwa will give you vanity. Value. Your piety will give you value. This is what Quran and Hadith teaches us. You wearing a fancy Rolex watch. Now somebody is admiring that. You getting happy. He's not admiring you. He's admiring your watch. You want to know your value? Go to the Qabristan. What is the respect? And honor and status associated with a few grains of sand of that black grave. What intelligence is that? When that grave becomes a garden of Jannah. When the istiqbal of mala- malaika takes place at the time of your death. When that grave is stretched out as far as the eye can see. Because of sifat and qualities, that is what makes you valuable. But nevertheless, like I said, time is limited. Coming back to this hadith. My Nabi said a man is earning halal, not haram, halal. But... Mukathiran, Mufakhiran, Murayan. He wants to show off. He wants to show off. He wants to be proud. He wants to be arrogant. He's running day and night. He wants to assert his authority over others. What will happen? Halal dunya. But what is going to happen? Laqiyallaha ta'ala wa huwa alayhi ghadban. My Nabi said such a man will meet Allah on the day of judgment and Allah will be angry with him. Allah will be angry with him. Allah will be angry with him. On the other hand, in the same hadith, another example is given. Man talabat dunya halalan. Man talabat dunya halalan. My Nabi said, a man is earning halal. And by halal, we are talking about Islamic business. Like you get Islamic salah, and like you get Islamic zakat, and like you get Islamic tilawat of Quran, and like you get Islamic zikr, and we know all this is ibadat, and all this is for jannat. Allah's qasam in the same way business is for the same thing. If it is Islamic business. Time is very limited, but I'm going to digress. In one hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned five things which teach us, and every one of us, take the thermometer, we're not here to be entertained. We are not here to be entertained. And this is not through one year out of the other year. You want to know whether your business is Islamic business. You want to know whether tomorrow Allah is going to raise you with Anbiya, Siddiqin and Shuhada. You want to know tomorrow whether Allahu Akbar. <laughs> it may be, some of us may regard it as an exaggeration, but I am saying this with absolute certainty. If your business, if your business contains these five things, If your business contains these five things that my Nabi speaks about in this hadith, I'm not going to go into detail, we've already run out, we're running out of time. So I'm not going to give commentary, I'm just going to translate. If your business contains these five things, then I'm sitting on the member of the masjid, and I am saying this, that I have this umid in Allah, that standing in your shop, you are getting the same reward that a man standing in tahajjud is getting, if not more. If not more, if your business contains these five things that Muhammad Rasulullah, what a kind, what a compassionate master. He didn't say close the shop and sit in a mountain. No, he didn't say don't earn, become a millionaire, become a billionaire. But these five things have to be there. These five things have to have to be there. My Nabi said, "Inna atyabal kasbi kasput tujar." Inna atyabal kasbi kasput tujar. The most purest, the highest. Pure, pure, beautiful, excellent, valuable earning. There's nothing more valuable than this, than the earning of that businessman who conducts his business with these five things. What five things? Number one. Number one. When he speaks, he does not lie. When he speaks, he does not lie. He's not a lying businessman. He does not speak lies in his business. 
When he makes a promise, he says next week, it means next week, not next month. One month's time means one month's time, not one year's time. Procuring something doesn't mean he's smiling now and then when time comes to deliver, he becomes an animal. No. When he makes a promise, he honors it. When he makes a promise, he honors it. He'll give his life, but he'll honor what he promised. He is not khayin. He is not, he is not deceptive. He has amanat dari in him. The whole edifice of shariat is based on these two things. Sidq and amanat, sidq and amanat, sidq and amanat. Kafir of Makkah, before Nubuwat, when you ask them about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what would they say? As-sadiq al-ameen, as-sadiq al-ameen, the truthful amanadar, truthful amanadar. What's the opposite of that? Like I said, the edifice of shariat, of haq, is based on sidq and amanad, the edifice of kufr, kufr, the edifice of kufr and zulam is based on what? Lies and khianat. Lies and khianat. Ask ourselves in our business. Ask the society who we deal with. Ask the people, the so-called Muslim businessmen of today. We talk about these things. What is the reality? What did my Nabi say? What did my Nabi say? He walked into the marketplace. It had rained that night. Someone had taken the inferior wet grain, put it in the bottom, put the dry superior one on top. My Nabi passes, looks at this grain, just rain. How can it be dry? So Rasulullah puts his hand inside, he feels, the, he feels the wet one, the inferior one in the bottom, turns around to this person and says, Bhai, what are you doing? Why didn't you put the inferior one on top? And then, and then, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. He didn't say, he didn't say, the one who doesn't make namaz is, out of, is not from my ummah. The one who doesn't make hajj, not from my ummah in these words. He didn't say it directly. The one who makes zina is not from my ummah. The one who commits murder is not from my ummah. But what did he say? Man minna. That businessman who deceives has come out of the ummah of Muhammad He's not my ambassador. This type of business will not attract people to Islam. He is not the representative of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa He is something else. He is something else. Come back. My Nabi said five things. Five things and wallah standing in your shop will get you greater reward than tahajjud. Will get you greater reward than fasting the whole year. He said, That businessman when he speaks he doesn't lie. When he makes a promise he honors it. He does not make khiyamat. He does not deceive. When he buys, when he purchases something, he does not, he does not denigrate it. Today, anytime we buy something, we're finding faults with it. Why? To bring the price down. We're purchasing, that should, want it, buy it. You don't want it, leave it. Don't run down somebody else's goods. When you're buying, when you're buying, then you find faults. And when you're selling, then what you do? Yamdahu, start praising. Start praising. You know it's defective, yet you'll still praise it. And what they say, he pulled wool over the customer's eyes. He's an astute businessman. Look at his business acumen. Rubbish, he managed to sell it and he got the price of gold. Society may say that. What does my Nabi say? Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Man ba'aiban. 
لم يبينه لم يزل في مقت الله ولم تزل الله ملائكة تلعنه he said that person who sold something defective and did not reveal the defect he knew the defect he didn't reveal it what does Nabi Salaam say there's no easy way to translate this he says from that day onwards this person will perpetually be in the anger of Allah وَلَمْ تَزَلِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ تَلْأَنُهُ And from the heavens, the curses of Allah's malaika will be raining down upon him. Why? Because he deceived. He sold something defective and did not reveal the fall. Risk is written, is written down. You can't change it. What is going to come to you is coming to you. It's coming on the command of Allah. That risk, earn it so that you earn your jannah with it. Coming back to this hadith, my Nabi said, Five things. When he speaks, he does not lie. When he makes a promise, he honors the promise. He does not make khianat. He does not deceive. He is not treacherous. When he purchases something, he does not pick faults in it. When he sells something, he does not unnecessarily praise it. What will Allah give him? Coming back to this hadith which I started. Man talabat dunya halalan. A man seeks halal earning. A man seeks halal earning. His earning is halal. Behind it is this intentions. What intentions? Isti'afafan anil mas'ala. He doesn't want to beg. He doesn't want to stretch his hand out to anyone. He wants to be independent. Shariat advocates this. Don't be a beggar. Use your own mehnat. Allah will open the way for you. Isti'afafan anil mas'ala. Sayan ala ahlihi. He wants to put halal food in front of his family. Ta'atufan ala jarihi. He wants to spend on others, his neighbors. He, he doesn't want to be the one who takes. He wants to be the one who gives. In other words, he's not earning out of pride. He's not earning out of arrogance. He's not earning how to amass this dunya he's earning to use his business for akhirat what will Allah give him and this, and this I will terminate what will Allah give him my respected brothers your namaz which you are about to make your tilawat the tahajjud which many of you would have woken up for many will have been fasting yesterday